Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so glad you're with us today. Last week, we interviewed Dr. Bernardo Kastrup. As you know, he's a young Dutch scientist doing the immensely valuable work of operating within the traditional scientific mold and from there discovering that consciousness is primary. This is the same discovery that the great founding quantum physicist Max Planck made more than a century ago. And Bernardo's reasoning is independent of Dr. Planck's. The truth that Bernardo has discovered and the same thing that he has discovered, all of it, uh, that uh, Dr. Planck has discovered, all of it, all of it is simple and obvious to anyone with even a half-open mind. Other scientists will independently also find other ways to prove that consciousness is primary. But unfortunately, um, the scientists working in the traditional mold still, as as Bernardo Kastrup told us last week, working scientists still have to limit themselves as to what they will investigate and how they will investigate it in order to stay within that old materialist framework. So, sadly, the scientific materialist detour that so limits the future of all of humankind is dragging on well into another century. Therefore, it's fortunate that the parallel field of research into death and the afterlife has continued to prosper. Just in the decade that I've been actively working in this field, we've seen tremendous progress. And the active modern period of death and afterlife research, which goes back now for many more decades, four, five decades, continues on unabated. Wonderful work has been done. And there are far too many people even to mention all the people who have been instrumental in this work. But I'd like to mention some of the foremost current modern researchers, people like Michael Tim, Sandra Champlain, Julie Baichel, Stafford Betty, of course, our wonderful friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan, and the intrepid Australian researchers, Victor and Wendy Zamet. And they've, they've been trying to bring the truth to the world for three to four decades now. They've taken a lot of abuse, the Zamets have, in this process. And for real leaders like these, the ones I've just mentioned, the long path to general public acceptance of the truth about death and the afterlife has been filled with attacks and humiliations to the point where in 2010 I was supposed to publish The Fun of Dying. I wasn't going to do it. I mean, I was a practicing attorney. I had my pride. I didn't want to be dumped on the way other people were. But, you know, thanks to them, they took all the blows and I found it was really easy to enter this field 10 years ago. But we do owe the Zamets and the other pioneers a tremendous amount of gratitude. Today our guest is going to be one of those pioneers. Dr. R. Craig Hogan is joining us now, and this is his 30th time on Seek Reality in the past seven years. Craig is one of the few researchers who've considered this whole vast field to be his bailiwick. He doesn't just limit himself to one area. And each of our 29 previous appearances together has had a different focus, which to me is amazing, but we've always found things to talk about. Today, what we're going to talk about is the history of the field of death and afterlife research and education, and we'll also consider what might come next. Dear Craig, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. 
No, Roberta, it's a delight. You know that I just love talking with you, and I love bringing this out to your audience because we have so much to say. So every opportunity is an opportunity to say something that will help people to understand what we know to be true. That, that's the hard part because it's what we are trying to do, Craig and I and the, the wonderful others, including the ones I mentioned, is help everybody understand that life is eternal. It is not only likely that you're going to survive it's actually impossible for you to die it's impossible for your mind ever to be extinguished you are you and forevermore and that's a hard thing for you to believe right you've been to funerals so that's what we have that's what we're up against and yet so much good work has been done so all right let's let's dive right in i almost think of you at this point i have to say as my co-host whenever i have something to talk about that i i like this like let's talk about the history and where it's going there's really nobody else that i can call upon that i think of as able to sort of do it with me so i'm very grateful frankly craig for all of the times you've helped sure i feel as if you have my back i have to say Mm -hmm. sure sure yeah and and there's so much that's been done now we we are just entering the field we uh there's every science goes through the first stage of its existence as a natural history and that's where you're recording events you're finding the kinds of sequences and repetitions that are occurring in nature and so you record those and as you do that then you begin to see patterns and then after that then you see laws and we're just really steer, still at the natural history stage of development. So what we're doing now is we're looking at all of the events that are happening, everything that's consistent, everything that we're learning, and we're beginning to, to get roadmaps now. We're beginning to really define what we know to be true about the afterlife, about afterlife communication, and about the the existence of reality and what reality is. So uh, it's an exciting time to be involved in this work. It really is. I, my own sort of involvement, the evidence that, that convinced me um, was the deep transmedium communications that were received late 19th, early 20th century um, because they were so consistent. I, I, they were in southern England, eastern United States, through several deep trance mediums and many people communicating, and they all were talking about the same place in detail. Didn't that astonish you too? Talk about that. Yeah, it's true. The trance mediums, all of the mediums, we have trance mediums, physical mediums, mental mediums, and various other minor types of mediums. And all of the mediums are saying the same thing. And what they're really doing is they're reporters. So what they're giving us the testimonies and the statements from people on the other side. And as they come through to them independently, independently over time and independently over space, without speaking to each other, they're all coming through with the same statements about the alternate realities and the next plane of life into which we'll all go. And so there's a consistency that Dennis Grega, who has afterlifedata.com and afterlifelibrary.com, has found a 98.7% consistency among all of the sources that he's gone through and he's got through gone through thousands of them so what we're doing is we're hearing the statements from all of these visitors all of these residents who have actually been there and so we can rely upon it we have in others that important scientific necessity corroboration among all of the sources 
It's amazing. It's the same physics, the same process, the same pastimes, the same life details. It, it's astonishing. And then we come, so, so we assemble this, all this information, and, but the physics is all different from what the physics is here. You can travel from one end of the, of the universe to the other in an eye blink. That's not going to be possible in this universe, but you can do it after death. Um, the, the communication is by mind. All of these things didn't make sense to me until we started to get good quantum physics for dummies books, right? I mean, suddenly it made sense because it's really a variation of quantum physics. Yeah, and what is happening now is that science is coming around to, to giving us the same information that we've discovered in spirituality. And so science is now informing spirituality. We're learning from science what spirituality is, and science is learning from spirituality what it is. And so quantum physics, that, that wonderful breakthrough of quantum physics in the early part of the 20th century, brought us to the point where now we can understand many of the things that we knew yes. spiritually were true. We knew them from the mediums. We knew them from the reports of people on the other side. And so the, those reports that we were getting then were proven to be true in quantum physics and the resulting physics that's occurred since then. Yeah, it, it's actually quite amazing. What first convinced you, thinking back long ago, what first convinced you that life is eternal, that it really does go on? Yeah, it, uh, when the first thing that convinced me that life is eternal is that I was meeting psychics and I was meeting mediums that were being brought to me. And I had never met any prior to that point. And so suddenly they were starting to come into my life almost daily. And as they came into my life, they would give me different pieces of information, di different bits of information. And they were all true. They all were things that I knew to be true. And then after that, then I went to the physical mediums and the mental mediums. The mental mediums have a marvelous record of being true and of helping people to understand what happens to life after it leaves this plane. And the physical mediums are demonstrating it by actually bringing people back from the next plane of life into this plane of life. And so with the physical mediums, we can actually experience the people who have been gone for decades coming back. And, uh, and the direct voice medium, such as Leslie Flint, uh, and I kind of cut my teeth on Leslie Flint when I first started learning this. Really? Leslie Flint was a medium in, in the 20th century, and he would sit in a darkened room, and the voices would come out of an ectoplasmic voice box on his shoulder. And the voices then were from people all the way back to Confucius, the Roman Empire, uh, and into our modern age. And That's they would really, come through and yes. they would speak just like they were speaking in front of a microphone. And now we have the recordings. We have thousands of them. And that was extremely convincing. Oh, my uh, the goodness, The fact that yes. there is continuity of life after this life. Leslie Flint, I, everyone, just Google him and go to his website. You can hear all kinds of people talking. Um, it's really quite amazing. Uh, his, his heyday was in the 50s and 60s, I believe. And so um, there are people who were, who were currently important at the time um, often and had recently died often spoke through him. So people are wondering, what the heck is an ectoplasm voice box? So ectoplasm is a... a substance that comes out of the medium's body. So 
So it comes out of a, a person's body, and it can come out of any orifice. So it can come out of the mouth, the nose, and other all uh, other orifices, and that's is rather like a phlegm. So it's a substance rather like phlegm, but it's vast. It's very large, and so it comes out of the medium's body, and then spirit does whatever it wants to with it. It can make long rods. And with the long rods, it can grab things that are all the way across the room and move them all around the room. It can form over an etheric body. The etheric body is the body that is parallels our physical body. And the etheric body comes into the room. The etheric body is someone who's been gone for 20 years, 30 years comes into the room and to communicate with the people sitting in the room and the ectoplasm will come out of the medium's body and it will coat the etheric body. So then that etheric body then takes on form and materializes. And you can actually touch them and, and uh, they have, I've had a, a, a materialized spirit who has put his hand on my head. Uh, I had a couple of them do that, and uh, and they can they have had materialized bodies in a room, who would come over to the loved one and would talk with their loved one, stand in front of them and talk with them, and then they would put their their face in their hands and kiss them on the forehead, and so these materialized bodies are just ectoplasm that's built around the etheric body. Isn't this amazing? And the, the voice box, think think everyone about just how hard it is for someone who, you know, died 50, 100, 500, 1,000 years ago to speak and to use the voice he used in life. Because first, he has to remember how his voice sounded in life. And you really don't know how you sound anyway when you're inside your body. But he has to, had to remember that. Then he has to form the voice but somehow they, they make it so that the voice box replicates the voice box they had when they had a body and then they speak through that and shape it shape the voice box in some way so that it actually forms the words um having read how hard this was i'm amazed that they it's sound so much like they sound yeah, like the people difficult. though yeah it is very difficult so the process is the way that they describe it the people who are speaking through the voice box they say that they speak in or they they cast their thoughts into the box so in other words they're sending their thoughts telepathically into what looks to them on the other side like a box and then that comes out in the voice box that is with the medium it's on the medium shoulder yes. that voice box has to be formed so that the, the sinuses in the voice box the lips yes. the tongue yes. everything in that voice box has to duplicate what the person sounded like when they were on the earth plane we're not hearing the person's voice the person does not have a body here on the earth plane anymore right. so what we're getting is we're getting from this ectoplasmic voice box all of the qualities that they had in their voice or even getting the breathing because you have to have the, the the breathing coming out of the voice box in order to vibrate the air so even the breathing is part of it so it, the the whole thing duplicates the sound and we've had uh, many uh, instances of, in which we have spouses uh, who come in and they sit with leslie flint and and they're sitting with leslie flint talking with their spouse who has been dead for 20 years as though they were talking over the breakfast table. And they're just talking about things that are happening in their lives, and the person's t is talking about when they came to them in a dream. And and so then they are speaking to them, but they recognize the voice. The voice yes, is the same timbre, the, the same quality. Everything about it is the same voice. All of that's being engineered 
by those on the other side. And, they, and they, those on the other side, there are teams that were working. There are chemists and there are physicists and, and sound engineers working on the other side, and they're making all these things happen. So it's a real team effort for them to be able to make it happen. Everyone, as you listen to it to us, you can see how fascinating. This is, it isn't just, gee, do we survive death and, and what is the afterlife like? But there, this is a whole overwhelming field. It's literally a field as full of interesting details to research and to learn and to put together as all scientists, uh, and all, all the sciences, the various earth sciences, that we have specialists in. You say specialize in this, you specialize in that if you're a scientist. Imagine taking all those different areas, biology and physics and, and all of the areas of science and putting them into one gigantic science. That is what it's like to investigate what happens at death and what happens in the afterlife. It is that complex, that huge. And so for someone like Craig, and I, I do this too, to, to be studying all of it and trying to put it together, it's a life of work. It's a whole lifetime of trying to, and we're standing on the shoulders, frankly, of giants, you and I, Craig, because so many people before us have put together such important pieces of this precious, precious information, and now we can use that and build on it. It's quite yes, amazing. Yes, and what's happened is... Yeah, it is amazing. It is amazing at this time. And what has happened is that they have created the, the methods. So they've all created the methods, and now we today are doing the natural history. We're writing down what we're getting out of the methods. So we're using their methods. And we have people like Sonia Rinaldi, who is, out, who is recording voices. She has developed a method of communicating in which she can have parents call in on a cell phone and when they call in on the cell phone then they record the parent asking a question of a child on the other side and then Sonia Rinaldi then will record that and then play it back and it's on the playback that you'll hear the child responding uh, in one of the recordings then uh, Sonia says uh, do you have a message for your mother and immediately afterwards you hear mommy I can talk and yes. so then we're getting these we're getting these recordings. Most of these recordings that that have been done in the past required somebody with medium abilities to be present to be at least part of it. But now we have we have to the point where most people anybody can learn how to do this. And so uh, just yesterday, then I was working with a woman. She sent me a recording, and she wondered whether her daughter had re been responding. She couldn't hear anything. And I looked through it, and uh, I kept hearing one after another of the voices. And so then the voices were were there, and all I had to do was to pick them out and then send them back to her. And now she's going to be able to do that. She'll be able to record the voice of her daughter and then play it back afterwards. So anybody can learn how to do it. The, the best ways of doing it, though, are going to be through mental mediumship in which the person can telepathically speak with their person on the other side. Um, what, what, that's hard for people to believe in. Um, I've been having uh, some gripes with the uh, with with the uh, near death experience people, not the leaders who understand what's going on, but um, I'm I'm hearing more and more from people who uh, have had a near death experience and are sure they died and came back to life, which we know, of course, is impossible because it's a one way trip. But we're told that by uh, by the dead. Um, 
but nevertheless, and I've, and everyone, if you go back a couple of weeks, you'll hear me telling the whole reason, all the reasons why we know that, that it's a one-way trip and that uh, if you have a near-death experience, is a wonderful experience, but what happened to you in the near-death experience is not what's going to happen to you at death. That's a very narrow process, and we talked about that last fall. But nevertheless, it just this is a preface for saying there is something really good about NDEs, though. Um, a number of very good things. One is, someone asked me just today that he had a couple of friends, he said, who had near-death experiences, and now they're kind of psychic. So it makes you psychic to have one. I don't think it does. What do you think, Craig? I think what it does instead is to make people aware of the possibility that there's a lot more than what we can see on this plane. And therefore, Mm -hmm. it's easier for them to have a, a leap of faith. Yes, I can talk mentally with my mother when, when she's actually already gone ahead of me. Do, don't you think that's why they're really valuable? Uh, yeah, that's a good perspective on it. That We do know the fact that person people who have the near-death experience do become more capable of doing mediumistic or, or psychic activities. But I think that you may be right. It is because they're more sensitive to it. They're able to do it because of the fact that they understand this afterlife phenomenon. And so then they're open to it. Uh, but there, there definitely is, uh, there, this is part of what happens in a near-death experience. They come back and they have no fear of death. They are able to have more communication with loved ones on the other side, and they become changed people. They love other people more. They are more accepting, more forgiving. Their lives have changed. They're changed people as a result of it. And it's because of the fact that they've learned about the fact that they are, we are spiritual beings having a physical experience, but we have much more to our lives than just this physical world. And so that makes all the difference in the world. And it does. So that's what changes them. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to have a near-death experience. But mm-hmm. I think that, that the other way to kind of become comfortable with talking about mom, uh, where, where she is now after she's gone ahead, is to really know and understand the ironclad fact that you are going to die and go to the same place. And this is what mm-hmm. it's like there. Everything that's there is really pretty predictable at this point because we have so many descriptions and they're so consistent different different you know they're never worded the same way but as as you've pointed out i mean they're all talking about the same place even to details of the same place so um i i think that's another way for people to lose the notion that maybe mom really isn't you can't really talk to mom and to accept the signs mom gives, which can be very subtle sometimes, you become and talk to her and you become stronger and stronger and pretty soon you're you're talking to your mother as if she was still here and you can even if you aren't hearing her with physical ears, you can you can certainly hear her in your mind very clearly. I think anybody I'm as psychic as a post, so if I can do that, anybody can do that. Yeah, and uh, Rochelle Wright, who developed that that, uh, method that psychotherapists are using, will sit down with a client in her office, and she's trained hundreds of psychotherapists to do this, will sit down with a client in an office, put them into a state of mind in which it's rather like a hypnosis, but it's it's called bilateral stimulation. And when they're in this state of mind, they will actually have conversations with their loved one. So telepathically, we can speak with them, and they learn things that they couldn't have known. They 
they have experiences with them. They take walks on the beach. They yes. They see uh, other relatives, other loved ones who come through and greet them, and so all of these are very possible. It, it's possible for us using our minds telepathically because of the fact that they communicate telepathically now. It's possible for us to communicate them with them freely, just sitting anywhere, sitting in the doctor's office waiting for an appointment, just to go into a relaxed state and have a conversation. So uh, anybody can learn how to do it. We just uh, They just have to learn how. Now you have an online um, version of what she teaches, right? Um, how would people find that? Yeah, and it's um, it is an online version using hypnosis and self hypnosis, and it's at it's at self understanding spirit dot spiritual understanding dot org self understanding. I keep doing that. <laughs> self guided. Okay, self guided spiritual understanding dot org. Is there a, and, uh, is there a, a yeah. dash or something in there? Or yeah, it's a period. So okay. it's self guided dot spiritualunderstanding.org. Okay. And it has uh, it's when, a training program. So anybody we, anybody we, can we, learn we, how to we, do we, it. Every, he's going to give me that directly and I'm going to put it in the description so even if you were driving, don't drive off the road. We'll we'll get we'll give it to you in the description of the mm-hmm. program. And it's uh, successful. It's 86% successful. That's the part that astonishes me because I mean, I've talked to people who have done this and it, it it defies belief what they, what they say about the relationships they can have with with people who have gone ahead. So um, I I don't have the patience I don't think to do it, but I don't have the patience to do much of anything. But they have had wonderful experiences. Um, I remember ta- I talked to one woman who had been through this with Rochelle, and um, she said that she was so overwhelmed with grief. Grief was like a 12 on a scale of 10. And by the end of the afternoon or however long she spent with Rochelle, it was like a, a one and a half. She said, I know he's fine. I know I'll see him again. And I'm, I know I'm going to be able to talk to him when I want to and hear him. Mm-hmm. I thought, wow, <laughs> this yeah. is amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And anybody can do it. So we know that there are 16 different methods of communication that we have listed and there is one that will work for everybody. But if, if somebody can get to the psychotherapist that's doing that, that's a wonderful way to do it. The online training program will teach people how to do it so that they can do it on their own anytime they want. So, and and the, the, one of the things that we've learned is that when somebody is suddenly overwhelmed with grief, they're just, uh, they're not, they're doing something and, and grief just comes over them because of the loss of a loved one. That usually means that the loved one is close by. So in other words, that sense of their presence results in the grief because they're not there. But that's yeah. at a subliminal level. And so then if people can just learn when you, when you have that wave of grief to just sit down and communicate with them, they're there. And they're anxious to communicate. It doesn't hold people back by communicating with them. And so if they can just sit down, take the time, communicate with them, they can have a long conversation with them. And as you say, the people who have gone through the training program, some of them are having conversations every day. So they just sit down at some part of the day and they have a conversation with their loved one. One of the things that I want to make sure we just mention is the first book that you wrote on this on this subject, I think, is a classic, um, Your Eternal Self. 
it came out in 2008, and when I read it, I was so overwhelmed by it that I, I wrote a fan email, and I ended up making a friend, and that's and my friend and I are now talking today. Where and you're listening in. Um, I I just thought it was incredible. What what made you decide you wanted to write that book? Well, there was, there was so much that I had learned. It was overwhelming for me. It had changed my life. And I kept coming upon more, upon more evidence, evidence that the mind is not in the brain, that the evidence that the mind continues after the brain stops, and then the evidence that we continue to live, that we go on to the next plane of life, and it's just like a graduation to go from here to there. And all of the evidence was so overwhelming, it changed my life so much, that I wanted to really get it out to the world. I wanted people to realize what it was all about. But I also wanted to make sure that, that people would have the evidence, that this doesn't want coming off the top of my head. And so then I, I did the research so the research is there along with what we know to be true now, and there are over 300 sources, and they're, they're from peer-reviewed journals. These are scientists, they're physicists, they're counselors, they're, they're physicians, people who are talking about the fact that the mind is not in the brain and that we continue after the, the brain dies, and we've got lots to look forward to after we make the transition. <laughs> I just think it's a terrific book, and I recommend everybody read Your Eternal Self because um, it will change you in amazing ways. You will be much more certain that, yes, it really is possible. I can live, and then you can build on that knowledge. But there's so much in that book, and it's, it's so easy to read that I really recommend that every. I, I used to, to hand them out like cookies to people where whenever I met them, I would make sure they had a copy of Craig's book. Not my book. I don't care about that, but I wanted them to read Craig's book. Yeah, but don't, don't uh, sell your book short. Uh, <laughs> the Fun of Dying, The Fun of Dying is a marvelous book. And it, it actually is a, it's an easier to read book because it doesn't have so much of the research. But it's a wonderful <laughs> book and it's a great introduction. <laughs> Thank you, dear. That's very nice of you to mm -hmm. give you a little plug. But yeah. let's talk a little bit about what you're doing because you're right you're writing a whole shelf, right? At this point you're exact you're writing an entire shelf of books. Well, it's beginning to feel like that. Um, I, right. I'm, um, I, I originally wanted to write a book in which I explain to people, because people, again, just need to learn this. They need to understand it. There's so much that we know now. And so I wanted to write a book in which I took people all the way through the point of view of, of when an individual decides to come into Earth school, to come into the Earth plane, and they make that decision before the conception even occurs, before there's even yes. a uniting or a marriage between a man and a woman. And so then they make the plan to come into the earth plane, and then they do come into the earth plane. They live their lives here and learn the lessons that the earth plane is teaching, and then they learn to abandon all those lessons and start their spiritual quest, and they really become themselves. And then after that, then they go through the transition in which they graduate from the earth plane and they go on to this marvelous life that comes afterwards. And I wanted to explain all of it, all the way through what happens to people. And as I wrote it, then I got up to 900 pages of the, of the working draft. Right. Then I realized that this is not going to be one book. This is ended, no. going to end up being four books. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to rewrite Your Eternal Self. And uh, then, but I'm going to have, uh, there is one book that is uh, in rough draft right now 
that explains about reality and the fact that we are there is nothing but mind and experiences and that's why we can have the experiences we have because the mind is the mind of god and it's that we are part of that and that we have experiences within that and that we can then live fruitful happy lives in this life there's no reason to have depression or no reason to feel hopeless and no reason to feel lost if someone graduates before us and so then that book will explain all of that and then the third book then is going to be uh, the uh, summary it's going to be a summary book easy to read book that then encompasses the other three so the people can go into it they can read that book they can then if they want to delve into all of the research and all of the more the heavier duty stuff and then um, it's going to be backed up by a website that is at uh, earthschoolanswers.com. And at earthschoolanswers.com, I'm going to have the media. So I'm going to have the videos and the audio and, and everything else that goes along with those books. So all of that's in, in the process right now, and I'm hoping to have it done by this summer. I, I, if you are so ambitious, I just find it. And th- this has been just to give you a little background, everyone. Um, I talk with Craig every so often, every couple of weeks. We usually have a conversation just to check in. And so I heard he was working on a book. I, oh, great! I think that's wonderful. And then a couple, you know, maybe a month later, well, now it's two books. Now it's four. You're telling me it keeps growing. Yeah. But yeah, this yeah, is- it can. This is what we've needed all along because what we're really doing, remember we talked about the fact, everyone, that this is like a whole group of sciences. Most of the people who are knowledgeable in this field have had to spend a ton of time learning what what we've learned. But because Craig is, because you're now assembling it, it'll all be in one place. It w- it'll be possible to, for people to do a course with someone helping them and Learn in a year what it's taken us a lifetime to learn. And that has always been my personal goal. So I'm thrilled, Craig, that you're doing it and putting it together so that everybody can get to the place of knowledge and certainty that we have now. Yes, that's the goal. The goal is for everybody just to realize. So we're we're not really having to convince them. All they have to do is read it because the truth is there and the truth rises to the surface. And so then if people will realize it with an open, will read it with an open mind, then they will come to these realizations. They'll be able to live their lives happily without being concerned about where their loved ones are or where we're going to go after the transition. It's all there, and all we have to do is bring it to people, and they have to read it with an open mind. So as more and more people become convinced, and I've, just in the time that, that I've been active in the past 10 years, I've seen a huge increase in interest and knowledge. Haven't you on the part of lay people, people who are going about their regular lives and just sort of touching on what we've learned and learning more and more about it? Don't you think that's been a, a big transformation? Yeah, it has been. It, it's no longer taboo. And science doesn't have a grip. When I say science, I shouldn't say science. I should say materialism. Yes. Because there are, right, it isn't science that is saying that uh, they are having difficulty with understanding this. 
It really is the materialists who then hijack science and say, well, I'm a scientist, therefore I don't believe this. But it's not. It's the, it's the religion of materialism. And materialism is a religion. There's no proof of what materialism says. Absolutely right. But, but they, right, but they, they, have to, uh, they have to keep that hold of that because they've wrapped their lives around it. Uh, and so many of them are scientists, but there are many, many scientists now who understand, who know, they've read the literature, they've, they've listened to what people have had to say, and now they realize that there is a different reality. The people who are doing this work now are PhDs, they are counselors, they are physicians, they're, they're nuclear physicists. These are the people who are engaged now in doing this work, in helping people to understand what our ultimate goal is, where we will leave, go after we leave this plane. And so now it's a whole new group of scientists who are part of this movement. And, which is wonderful to see. Everyone, we talked last week, we talked with Bernardo Castrup. Again, please, if you haven't done it, Google Bernardo Castrup's second PhD defense. And it's, it's just half an hour long. It's in English. And you can see, see something I didn't think I would see in my lifetime, which is a, a PhD scientist actually giving a, a, a perfectly sensible exposition of how consciousness is, is the primary source of everything and nothing exists but consciousness and, and getting his PhD awarded for that. I mean, his, it's not a physics PhD yet, but uh, he'll get he'll get one in physics as well. This one is is in um, the theory of mind, which, frankly, to me is in, it's a, now granted it was a Dutch it was a it was a Dutch um, PhD that he earned, but it's a very prestigious university in in Holland, in in the Netherlands. But to me, that was groundbreaking to watch him be able to do that and and give a beautiful you know, exposition of what Craig and I have learned coming from the opposite direction, purely looking at what we now have been able to figure out about the afterlife, just based on, as he said, all of the different kinds of, of methods of understanding the afterlife that are now available to us, all the different ways that, that um, mediums can help us. And just, and the, frankly, I'm not a scientist at all, but it makes sense to me scientifically when we, we get simple um, explanations through quantum physics about things, how things work, and a lot of um, what is uh, you know available to know about the mind is now very sensible to people. You don't have to be a PhD in anything to come to understand better how the mind works. It really is a wonderful time to be alive, as you say. I just love every day getting up and learning something new. Yeah, there is so much to learn. And uh, and we're discovering it. And as we make discoveries, you know, we have teams on the other side working with us. So yes. they're intent upon helping humanity to learn, helping humanity to advance. And so they're bringing these insights to us. And all we have to do is be open to them. It's such a wonder. It is, it's such a wonderful fact. Is there, there probably was a time two hundred, five hundred, a thousand years ago when they were trying to keep us from knowing? Because if we didn't know what was going on, we'd try real. We'd really try a lot harder 
um, in in what you call Earth School. Uh, but but now the jig is up because we really need to raise the consciousness vibration of this planet, and so they're trying to help us come to understand and believe and trust in the fact that life is eternal. Mm-hmm. So where is this going? Where do you think this field is going? More and more people are interested. You're writing the the textbooks for a wonderful series of courses on this. Um, which which will I'm sure be online, and I'm sure people will be thrilled to be part of them and learn so much from them. What what, what do you think the next steps are in this? No more big conferences is another one, right? I mean that <laughs> seems to be the case. Uh, Where are we no, going? they're too much work, right? Yes. Uh, the uh, we what is going to happen is there will be a grassroots revolution. So what's going to be happening is as more people understand, as more people learn. They're going to be talking with other people about it, and there's going to be more literature that's available. Your wonderful series of books, and and the books that I'm writing, and that others have written, and and there is there are videos now that are being made, right in the process of being made, and so there'll be more and more literature, and, and at the grassroots level where people are, they're going to be learning these truths, and so they're going to be coming together, and they're going to be forming groups to talk about it, and. And uh, the support groups, grief support groups, will no longer be about grief. They'll be about understanding the wonderful future that they hold when they have the reunion with their loved ones. And so things, things are going to be changing at the grassroots level, and that's where... We'll see change. It's not going to come from the scientists. You know, the, the, we are discovering things there, but then we're bringing it down to people, and the people are the ones who are going to make the changes. And in a while, then we will see a revolution. I expect it within decades. I used to think it would be centuries, but with communication now and with the changes that I'm seeing, I believe it's just going to be a few decades. Uh, and one of the things that has to happen is that we need to have a television broadcast station. That has to happen. I love it. So it's going to be like a like a TVN or a CBN. We need to have the broadcast station, and so I would expect that to be in the future. And I don't think that's going to be very long. I think that we will have that pretty soon, and that's going to be an eye-opening broadcast station. People will will love it because of the wonderful messages, all of the proof that we have that we can put online. And so then they will be able to see it and just tune in anytime they want to wonderful speakers that are online. So I expect that to be in the future. This is a very, very exciting time to be involved in this mm-hmm. work. It's it's all coming together now. And unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our time. But I just want to make sure, is there anything you want people to to really take away from what we're talking about now? Yeah, I want to tell people that, that you should just be open. All you have to do is learn how to be open, and what will happen is you will learn about these things because there are people who love you who are working with you on the other side. There are guides, your loved ones, and they're anxious for you to learn about this. If you're just open, it will come to you. And then if you're open, then you can also communicate with them. So openness is the key. Just be open and it will come. And trust that it's real. If it, if you're, mm-hmm. one of the things that people do is they close the door because they expect that when they hear from their loved one, they'll, you know, it'll be there'll be trumpets blowing and there'll be you know neon signs flashing. That's not how it comes. It comes at the mm-hmm. level of your heart. And if you if you hear from them at the level of your of your heart, um, you know that that is real and more real than anything that's around you and solid and physical. Yep. Is it, Amen. Is it, is it afterlifeinstitute.org? 
Uh, afterlifeinstitute.org, right, is one of the websites. And I can get on there, and the latest research is there, the research that we're working on. We uh, we also have uh, summaries of research on afterliferesearch.org, and that's our fundraising site where we're trying to raise funds for these workers out in the field. And then the book, when it's together, then it will be earthschoolanswers.com, and earthschoolanswers.com is going to have videos and audio and, and all of these things that are going, that we've been talking about that people can use and they can share it with other people and use it in groups so that there will be all sorts of resources there. Very exciting. Very exciting. Well, we're going to have him back very soon because we have a lot more to talk about. But right now, this has been – thank you for being here, Craig – this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so glad you could be with us today. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you really get what that means, it changes everything in your life for the better. You start to live not just one minute to the next, but on an eternal frame. You have eternity and you start to, start to occupy eternity while you're still here. Next week, our guest will be the lovely Canadian medium. I enjoy her, Carolyn Molnar. She's going to be here for the second time. She has more than 30 years' experience as a medium, and she serves clients worldwide. She also teaches classes in mediumship and in psychic development. And next week, she's going to be sharing with us how we can develop our own psychic natures. I'm about as psychic as a post, so we're going to give her a real run for her money. But I'm sure you're going to do better at it than I am. And anyway, please do join us next week. This week, we've been talking with our dear, wonderful friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan, here for the 30th time. And each time he's been here, we've talked about something else, and it's always been just a love fest. I so much enjoy having Craig with us. He, he is one of the people who is putting together the whole picture. For the first time in human history since mankind first stood upright, we now have a clear picture of what the afterlife is, what life and death is, what reality is. It's all coming together so perfectly and with the science behind it so solid. And as he pointed out, we're about to be able to give it to people in manageable bites so that they could learn and know as much as any of us do. This is such an exciting time, exciting time to be alive. Um, I just want to shout out again to Victor and Wendy Zamet and the others who have been so instrumental in getting us to this point over the past 20, 30 years. Um, they're still actively working, and um, we wish them well. We hope that uh, all of the things that they're working on now will come to fruition as part of all of this. Uh, I think that's time really for – because we've, we've all been sort of working in our separate little fields. And Craig and I have been thrilled to find each other because our work is complementary. But we're finding so many other people too whose work is complementary to what we're doing. We're going to come together and then we're going to reveal the truth to you in ways that are going to make such sense. And it's going to be, as he says, a grassroots movement and a love fest. The good news is that the truth is going to win and it won't take long. Now, as you know, my own nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and very soon, The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. That's becoming much more my focus as part of all of this. We all end up specializing in the end. There are the, there's the fun of meeting Jesus and the fun of growing with Jesus, both for children. The second book will be out shortly. 
If you want to talk to me about anything at all, please just remember you can contact me anytime through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I answer emails, so please make sure that you've given me your right email address. Uh, sometimes I get five, six, seven, eight, ten, or more a day, uh, and I give each of them a lot of attention. So that I it will then have an, a, a day when I just do, do catching up. If it takes me a week, I'm sorry, but I'm doing this as quickly as I can. Your emails are very important to me, so please don't hesitate to send them if you feel moved to do that. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available on webtalkradio.net, realrevolutionradio.com, iTunes, iHeart, Dream Vision 7 Radio Family, and also there's an app on the that's for free um, in the iTunes App Store. So you can just, however you need to listen, whatever's best and most convenient for you, I'm just happy that you're listening to us. Meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one great, fantastic, perfect, eternal reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all in the whole universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.